How's everybody doing this morning? We're going to get right to it. You can turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. I'm so disappointed. It's an inside joke. My scriptures were supposed to be right here, and I was supposed to be the first person to get the chance to read it before Corey got an opportunity. And I said he was going to pull the plug so that he would be the first person to be able to use it. I should go back there and plug it back in myself. But it says, and when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Uh, that he is talking about Jesus. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening and they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. They said to themselves, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It says immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? This is where it gets good. He says, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. The word says, and he rose and immediately picked up his bed, went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified. God saying, we never saw anything like this. I thank the Lord for the reading of his word. I want you to look to your right and say to the person that you can see, I'm carrying a miracle. Then I want you to look to your left and say, walk with me. We're going we gonna to say that a lot today. Walk with me. There is a word that I, I had to Google. It's called a paralytic. The word paralytic is a person that's paralyzed. And I'll be honest with you. When I looked up paralytic and it said it is a person that's paralyzed, I was like, obviously. like that. I was looking for more. So then I had to look up, what does it mean to be paralyzed? And, and Google told me that to be paralyzed mean that there's something weakened in your body and it is making you incapable of being able to walk. A lot of times people, they ask the question, how are you doing? How you been? What's good? And often the response that we always receive is, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm all right. Some of us have been telling people that we are okay 
when in reality we are paralyzed. I had a season in my life where every time someone asked me, KT, are you good? I would say yes. But in reality, I was weak. I was fearful. I was incapable. I was immovable. I wasn't going nowhere. I wasn't walking. Dio started this, uh, this message on Saturdays for the factory. It's 1 to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. Shameless plug. Bring your kids. And we were talking about David and Goliath. And in our messages of late, we've been talking about church clothes. And we've been talking about the helmet of salvation. We've been talking about the sword. We've been talking about the shield of faith. We've been talking about all of the things that God has given us so that we are capable of putting on the whole armor of God. Why? So that we may be able to move into action so that we are prepared and ready when war comes, that we are able to bring the war and not always be waiting for the war to come. But with David and Goliath, what the Israelites would do is they would daily put on their clothes. The Bible says for 40 days straight, they would put on the whole armor and they would wake up and they would do the war cry. That was the cry of victory. They would do everything that they were supposed to do to show that they were in the army of God and they were ready for whatever. And then they would come together, like I said, and they would sing this victory song as a group saying essentially that when the war comes, I'm ready. And then when they would get to Goliath, when they would get to that large problem, fear would come back. And for 40 days straight, they would go to war and do nothing. Go back home, put on the whole armor again, sing the same victory song, only to go back to the same space and watch Goliath punk them over and over and over again. Today, I'm asking that you walk with me. That we actually walk towards Not just the word of God, but we continue to go until we lay at his feet. So step one, part one, point one, it's don't reel it back in. Don't reel in what you've cast out. The first time I ever went fishing with my dad, (laughs) he didn't throw the first cast. He showed me how to do it. And he was very specific. This is a fishing pole. It's Brian's. And he said, in order to cast out, you will have to flip this upwards. Then from there, it's easy. All you got to do is bring this back just like this. You cast. Once your cast has landed, you just flip this back. And he said, just hold your pole nice and steady. And then don't pull it or start reeling it in until the bobber has went underwater. As soon as he said that, I seen a large splash to the right. A big fish had jumped up and landed. Now, in front of me was clear water. On the right, there was this green stuff that I had never seen before. It was on top of the water. And then it was a whole bunch of logs, water bottles, all types of crazy stuff, boots and tires and all this other stuff. So I immediately went back, cast, immediately. 
Then I flipped the thing up and I looked back at my dad because I just knew he was going to be excited at how far I was able to cast on my first one. But when I looked at my dad, he was very upset. So I'm, I'm confused now because why would you be upset when this is my first time and I did it perfectly? And he said, you cast it out in the wrong direction. So what I had to do was I had to reel back in what I had just cast out. But what came back to me was algae and water bottles and the tire and wood and all this different type of stuff. And then when I finally got my, my hook back into my hand, what the father had paid for was no longer on the line. Now, this fishing pole has a piece of paper stuck to it. And the paper says my problems. What that say? Just I don't want them to think I'm lying to them. You got glasses. You got glasses. <laughs> Yeah, it says my problems. You you kind of you gave me the old man. I didn't know if you was gonna read it quick. It says my problems. Me and Brian did this before we started. And we got real good insurance at Third Street, so if I hook one of y'all. That's good enough. It'll get the job done. All right. So I've casted out my problems. And here's the issue. When, I, when you don't cast your problems the right way, not only did I tangle this thing up right here, but now this paper is dirtier than it was when I first put my problems on it and attached it to this hook. If you go with me to Mark chapter 12, it talks about casting out. And what it says is that there was a spirit inside of a man. And the spirit was casted out. And it said that when the spirit came back to the man, the spirit realized that the man had cleaned out the body. It said it was swept clean and it was unoccupied. So the spirit said, I must go back and get seven spirits more evil than I. And when the spirit came back to the man, the Bible says that the spirit and the spirits that it brought with him left the man in a worse state than the man was in the first place. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that we have, in essence, tried to do something on our own. We've cast it out in the wrong direction. We've tried at times to try to fix ourselves and the spirits that we have walked away from, the issues, the problems that we have left behind, absent of Jesus. Has us in a place that we're wondering, why are we in a worse state now than we were when I first heard the word? Why are things worse now than they were when I first started? 
The first thing is you, you, you cast it out in the wrong direction, just like I did with my father, because he told me to cast out this way. And the reason why was because this was the clean way. This was the easy way. All he wanted me to do was just cast out in all, re all reality. My dad wasn't going to make me cast out and then make me learn everything else on his own. Like he actually was going to do the work for me. But because I cast in the wrong direction, I ended up trying to reel this thing back in myself. And what we're left with is we're left with a hook with nothing on it. Have we put ourselves in a situation to where what the father paid for is no longer on the line? To where we're no longer thinking about what we were trying to cast out in the first place. It's no longer about Jesus, but now we're worried about, we're worried about us. Step two. I want to get back to the original message. I want to uncover some things. In verse 45 of Matthew 12, it says that when the spirit came back, it found that the house was empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes and it says he went and got seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there and the last state of that person is worse than the first so also will it be with this evil generation once again the issue is when the spirit left and came back the spirit of god was expected to be present but the bible says that the body had been cleaned but it had been unoccupied a body that is clean and unoccupied is a weakened body and what we said at the beginning is a weakened body is a paralyzed body is it is a body that is incapable of moving and going somewhere so what did our original what did our original text talk about well the, the original text talked about jesus being in a place and his word going forth so heavily that the house that jesus was in was filled to capacity not just inside of the house though it said that the, 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 the outside of the house was also so filled that nobody was able to even really get to the house. So this is where we get into the actual message of walk with me. The first thing that this person would have had to encounter is the crowd. The people that were keeping them away from the word of God keeping them away from the feet of Jesus. All they wanted to do was lay this paralytic man down at the feet of Jesus. And they knew that he was there because they could hear the word of God coming from the house. How many times have I been trying to get to the word of God and people were the things that were blocking me from the word. And my issue is that once I would be able to start to get through the crowd of people, I became comfortable in the crowd. I heard something on TikTok and when I seen it, I was like, I'm going to preach this the next opportunity that I get a chance. And it was talking about an incompatible charger. And what the guy on TikTok said was, he plugged in his charger, but his phone said that he had an incompatible device. I don't know anybody else here, but I got a, I got a new iPhone. And I mean, it's, it's kind of expensive. And I paid a good amount of money for it. 
But most of the chargers that I use are from like Five Below or Giant Eagle or the gas station or whatever the case may be. It's like a it's a really inexpensive charger for a very, very expensive item. And normally what my thought process is, is I just got to charge it long enough to get to my house. But every time that I plug it in, it says that this device is incompatible with the thing that you're trying to charge it up with. My question for you today is, are you in the crowd trying to charge yourself up with the people that you're surrounding yourself by? And you've become uh, 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 you've become cool with the thought process that I can just hear God from here. I no longer have to fight through this crowd. I've already fought through the barrier just to get through the crowd. So maybe this group of people that I'm around is okay enough for me to be able to be charged. But there's a reason why each time you try to charge up, it's telling you that it's an incompatible device because the only thing that is going to be able to get you through what you've been going through is you actually charging up at the feet of our Lord. Walk with me is, 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 it's not a, it's not a four people carrying a bed type of exercise. I'm talking about walking with me. I'm, I'm making it personal. Carrying my own, wait, carrying my own issues, carrying my own problems. I had to walk through the barrier which was peaceful i had to get through the the uncomfortability or the comfortability that i had that i could just stay here in the crowd i had to walk all the way to the place to where i got to the door only to realize that the door was another barrier it was another issue and i don't know about you but for me when i got to the door i felt like i've done enough now haven't i can i just can i just hear the word of god from here do I have to continue to fight through the people that are actually standing at the door? But my answer to you, if you were like me, is yes, you do. You have to fight through even this space because I cannot wipe his feet with my tears from the outside. I cannot pour all of the perfume that I have on his body from the outside. I cannot do what I need to do at the feet of Jesus from where I'm standing on the outside. And just like the man that was in the word, they understood that I cannot heal this man from outside of the crowd. I cannot heal this man from inside of the crowd. I cannot heal this man from the door that Jesus is inside of. I actually have to get this man to the feet of Jesus in order for me to be able to do what I have brought this man here for. So the Bible says that they took him up the ladder. And then they got to the roof and you would think, especially in the Israelite culture, you would think that when you got to the roof that, I mean, you, you've done all the climbing. This is going to be the easy part. But no, because when they got to the roof, the Bible says that there was a, a cover that they then had to actually peel back. Now, if you went to Epic, you were you were a part of an exercise where we literally put a person on a mat. And then we picked this person up and we ran around the gym in a circle. And what ended up happening to one of the groups is the person that was on the mat got scared when they got halfway around. And they literally rolled off of the mat from fear and literally hit the floor hard. 
Once they hit the floor, then it became the issue of, can I even get this kid back on the mat? Because the kid was so fearful that they fell off, and now that they fell off the mat, they really don't want to get picked up again. How many times have you went through the process of actually carrying yourself to Jesus and it's feeling a lot worse than it was before I got on the mat in the first place. And now that I've fallen, I don't really want to get back on the mat again. I'm on the roof already. Is it good right here? But there's a reason why you've went through this process so far and it's because you're paralyzed. You're not moving. You're not going anywhere. You're weak in your body. You know that something's wrong. You've went to friend after friend. You've ran through the crowd. You've done everything. And now you're just in a place to where I just want to be on a roof. I'm close enough to Jesus from here, right? But the Bible says no. The Bible says that they would have had to have put the mat down and then began to uncover some things. Before you can actually get to the feet of Jesus, Step two, you're going to have to uncover some things. Can I get personal? I had to uncover some things. I had, to, I had to get to God and I had to lay some things down and I had to uncover some things. I had to tell my wife that I had problems. I had to tell God that I'm a bad father. I had to say it started off with, 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 with being promiscuous, but now it's an addiction to pornography. Now I'm a liar. Now I'm a cheater. I had to uncover some things. I had to tell him, yes, I was a thief. Yes, I was a liar. I had to uncover some things because in reality, I didn't want to stay on the roof. I wanted to get to the feet of Jesus I'm trying to tell you that if you think that you're going to be able to just stand on the roof and get to where you want to go you are far from mistaken there's some things that need to be uncovered not to the people that are carrying the mat but you got to uncover to get to Jesus I'm an alcoholic. I, I have issues with marijuana. I'm, I'm dealing and struggling with some identity issues. I thought of killing myself. I'm dealing with some problems with suicidal thoughts. I've been dealing with depression. I got to uncover some things. I got to lay some things down in order for me to actually get into the presence of Jesus because the thought process is the physical ailment is what God is going to actually fix. But in all reality, what is the thing that Jesus said as soon as they laid down the mat in front of his feet? He didn't say get up. Step three. Before he said get up, he said you're forgiven. Yeah. Woo! All the things that you went through, you, you, you went through the barrier of people. You, you, you went through went through the process of no longer being comfortable in the crowd. You, you walked all the way through the door as a weak and paralyzed person. You, you got to the roof. After climbing the ladder, you, you, you uncovered the things. You laid some things down, and now you're at the feet of Jesus. And the expectation is he's going to tell you you're no longer an alcoholic. You're no longer addicted to this. You're no longer worried about this. Your credit is fixed. Your money is right. Your mind is okay. But he doesn't say any of the things that you thought he was going to say. All he tells you is you're forgiven. Woo, that's all I needed to hear. I thought what I wanted was the house. I, I thought I wanted the car. I thought I wanted to be faithful. I thought I wanted. He didn't want me to get up before he let me know. You're forgiven. 
The issue is some of us have gotten up before we hear the words we're forgiven. And now we're that person that has cast out in the body. The spirit has come back to the body to find out you clean, you swept, but you're unoccupied. You look better. You're talking better. You ain't did some of the stuff that you used to do, but you're unoccupied. The spirit isn't the reason that you've been capable of doing the things that you've been doing. You are. We are not such beings that we're incapable of changing on our own. I can take this jacket off. which I needed to do because I'm sweating bad. And I've changed. But it's not forever. God wants a forever change. He wants a repentance that you don't keep turning around over and over again on the same issue over and over again for the same reasons over and over again that's not repentance you're just getting dizzy because you're unoccupied so he lays at his feet expecting for him to give him something that will make him stand up upright because he's been he's been trying to get at God so long horizontally Lay down on a mat. But all Jesus says is, you're forgiven. God sent me here today to ask you to walk with me because you are carrying a miracle, and that miracle is you. You don't know what it means to be forgiven. To be soul and mind and body knowing that what you've done previously is no longer being held against you. With a body that is swept clean and occupied. And this is what's going to happen. Trust me when I tell you because the Bible tells me so. Somebody is going to doubt your forgiveness. You're going to be walking around forgiven, but still horizontal. Forgiven, but still paralytic. Forgiven, but still paralyzed. And they're going to say, you're not upright, so you're not forgiven. But what did Jesus say when they said that? Because you doubt, I can forgive sins. Go and get up. Go ahead and get up. I'm not forgiving you and then leaving you here. I want someone to doubt how strong of a God I am. And when they doubt you, then I'm going to make you get up. And when you get up, that's when you can get to the good credit. That's, that's when you can get to the house. That's, that's when you can get to the car. That's when you can get to the things that you were being carried to Jesus for. He didn't say get up until somebody doubted. That you truly believed him when he said you're forgiven. 